0: Welcome to the AWPT podcast, a safe space for personal trainers and coaches who want to learn, grow, and feel heard in the fitness industry. Each week, we'll bring you industry-relevant discussions on all things coaching, mindset, and professional development, empowering you with the tools to be a competent and confident coach. Alrighty, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the AWPT podcast. Today I am joined by our head nutrition coach, Amy, and we're going to be talking all about a CEO diet, foods to support immunity, avoid burnout, support your nervous system, and all that good stuff, Um, but for anyone that doesn't know... Amy, I'm sure we all do at this point. Um, she is our head nutrition coach and runs our female specific nutrition course. But aside from that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? What do you love? All of that good stuff.
1: <laughs> um, well, who am I? So I am head of nutrition education at AWPT. So writing FSN and lecturing that two semesters in now. Specifically for me, I've been coaching for about 14 years. Um, and I have about 25 years as an athlete. So my primary focus is always on female health and optimizing health in general and making or allowing people to thrive. So this definitely piqued my interest for a topic because I was like, look, if I could really pick and nail micros and macros and everything else to make somebody thrive, um, especially going into winter, knowing that immune system is gonna be a little bit compromised, especially with higher stress if somebody is a CEO. Um, that is kind of my area that I like to look at. So I focus on client blood work. I wanna make sure that I'm optimizing their health so that they kind of feel nourished from the inside out. Um, So for me, I do a lot of blood work. I do a lot of protocols for people based on their gut, their reproductive health, um, their overall like immunity, and and I guess helping fix more deeper issues, especially if there's things like PCOS, endo, um, preconception care, I guess, and also uh, peri and postmenopausal women. So kind of through all life phases that I work with, predominantly women, also men as well. Um, men are actually a little bit more simple <laughs> than women. Not that we will tell them that. Um, but yeah, there is like I guess that aspect of like looking at blood work because blood work doesn't lie. Making sure and allow somebody to thrive, aligning their training program, their nutrition um, and their supplementation and lifestyle and mindset kind of work to yeah just I guess customize their approach so they can thrive.
0: Yeah amazing I love that you do so much and you definitely specialize in just uncovering those deeper layers of health. Like it's not purely about sort of the aesthetics or the the training and the nutrition from, from that perspective. It's okay, well, what are the root causes of the issues? How can we align your fitness, your health, everything like that with your values? How can we make a more sustainable approach, which is amazing. And then obviously you use that knowledge and you teach our coaches in the female specific nutrition course as well, which goes into all of those things like blood work like um, working with women with different sort of conditions and at different phases in their life which is amazing and when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about for this podcast and talk to you about it was sort of it started as a selfish question (laughs) I messaged you the other day and I was like help I'm sick (laughs) like from Mean Girls I was like "Ah, ah, I'm sick I'm like what do I do (laughs) and then Yeah, and that's sort of how this conversation, I guess, began because I think, obviously, we're all coming into winter. It's the end of, you know, quarter one. We're now in quarter two of the business year and um, people are starting to feel the effects quite strongly. And then it's funny because then, like, two weeks later, you also got sick. (laughs) I was going to say, I was there on my high horse. Like, I'm like, you're always sick. Yeah.
1: Um, But also, I think that's one key thing to keep in mind is that when you actually have symptoms of sickness, that's your healing phase. So for me, having been through quite a stressful couple of like months and I wasn't getting sick, that's mm-hmm. actually a worse sign for my body than if I were to be sick because it wasn't healing. Yeah. So cortisol is immune suppressive. So you don't actually – say you're at work and you have like a – Deadline you have to get to, and you have like this massive stack of work before you go on holidays. You won't get sick necessarily when you are working through when stress is really high, but when you do go to go on holidays, and I'm sure many people have felt this, that's when you get quote unquote sick or the healing phase where you are getting a sore throat and a snotty nose and everything else as well. So um, it is actually a really good sign if your body can handle and have a healing response to a virus or to uh, a bacterial issue or, or something like that as well. So I think some people. And even though it's called sickness, technically it's healing. Um, Whereas the sickness was actually prior when your body wasn't able to heal.
0: That's so interesting. And you're so right that I swear whenever people are like super stressed and as you said, like have those deadlines for work or have like trips coming up and all of this kind of stuff, it feels like your body is just like pushing and pushing and pushing to like get to that deadline. And then as soon as it's done and as soon as you have like a second to breathe, all of a sudden that's when the flu sets in or like that's Mm -hmm. when you just absolutely get exhausted Um, which is so frustrating because that's the time that you want (laughs) to be able to enjoy Yes, yes. and it's always when you end up getting sick.
1: Exactly and if you are sick and you're listening to this and you might sound I sound a little bit still deep voice which is fine (laughs) Um, but the one micronutrient that can actually help you recover from sickness or illness quicker isn't which most people would assume would be like echinacea, vitamin C, right? It's actually not. The one which can be proven to help you recover quicker is zinc.
0: Yeah, that's what you were telling me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
1: I told you to double your zinc dose for a week, right? Yeah. Which is what I tell most clients when they are unwell. Obviously, you can also get zinc from foods, So like Brazil nuts, egg yolks, oysters, lamb, pecans, um, oats, um, almonds, sardines. Sardines are always going to be in your micronutrient list, guys. So (laughs) just suck it up. But... um, they don't have as high a potency as we would like just because our soils are kind of degraded and we don't really have the quality and even our our, our oceans and our, um, any kind of environment that would create these kind of foods. So I do use zinc supplementation year-round with most of my clients just because our soils are so depleted. So if somebody has more like a gut lining issue it might be like zinc carnosine whereas if it's for most people I use zinc picolinate so I would say a standard dose would be about 30 milligrams if I was if someone was pre and that week pre-menstrual cycle and they, they do get a little bit of pain might be 45 milligrams um whereas like
0: sickness week I'd be 50 to 60 milligrams for the week interesting and do you you can just get that from any pharmacy
1: yeah thorn is a good brand um so i normally go on iherb but yeah you definitely can get thorn and things like that in the health food stores it's not necessarily the brand it's what the dose is and what the makeup is so like i prefer pure vitamins and minerals versus a combination because if there is fat soluble vitamins in with the supplementation you're having that can cause some kind of like uh, vitamin uh, toxicity because fat soluble vitamins you can't actually eliminate easily water-soluble you can so you can pee out water-soluble vitamins you can't with fat soluble they they hang around more like your liver so i always go more for what the specific vitamin is that we need or mineral versus trying to
0: get a combination interesting and when you say like a combination it would be like Some multivitamin, immune boosting Yeah, yeah, like it'll have
1: some fancy title on it like this is like immune super strength something, right? Yeah. Whereas like I want to know specifically and the one which is specifically going to help recover
0: quicker is zinc interesting and it was yeah it was funny because when you were telling me all about zinc the other week when I was like please help me get over this cold um yeah you were sort of listing different foods and it was all like (laughs) oysters liver meat stuff like I'm like never mind I will (laughs) just uh, go back to bed
1: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and I think the other thing to keep in mind is that sometimes there's things like adversity, adversity adversaries there we go um as well so there's things that actually deplete a lot of of our micronutrients sometimes it's not just the soil quality is sh- shitty it is also things like tea coffee stress alcohol smoking stuff like that they decrease like our b vitamins vitamin a zinc magnesium calcium
0: right? interesting tea can in- can decrease your yeah nutrition.
1: um it's it caffeine wise yes but then ah. there's other people who with tea and coffee and um, like the tannins if somebody has hemochromatosis and they have iron overload, I actually do want them to have a small amount of tea or coffee with their iron source because I actually want to prevent that kind of absorption yeah. happening fully.
0: Yeah. So
1: it really depends on the person and the client in front of you, which is also why I do a lot of testing or gene testing because hemochromatosis mm-hmm. is actually quite common as well, So which is essentially just iron overload gene. Right, okay. Um, I was going to say, can you clarify what hemochromatosis <laughs> is? Yeah. Um, but it is also that... Uh, like iron overload itself will feel similar to anemia. So it will feel like fatigue, will feel like Mm -hmm. lethargy, will feel like you can't push hard and you can't breathe properly. Um, But it's actually becoming more and more common. Like I have one allele for it and I think Caucasian are a little bit more predisposed. Um, However, I'm finding it more and more in clients. Um, And I guess the other one is that, you know, there are the opposite and the people who have iron absorption issues from a gut lining perspective versus people who um, have too much. Mm-hmm. um so that's a whole other story with bacteria and everything else as well but um i guess that's also knowing different micronutrients where their place is how you can absorb them best um like if you are low in iron or something which will also affect your immune system don't have it near tea and coffee like don't have your mm-hmm. source also your red meat or anything near your tea and coffee
0: and stuff as well and sort of going off that because as you said Everybody is so different and unique when it comes to their nutritional needs based off, you know, not only their um, genes and like different conditions that they have, but also because of their lifestyles. Um, how can we as coaches, if we bring it back to sort of the work that we do for ourselves, mm-hmm. but also the, the work with um, our clients? How can we encourage them to, I guess, support their immune system better? Like say we have clients or us ourselves who are constantly getting sick every Mm -hmm. couple of months or weeks. What would that be like a a sign of? Um, and how can we better support our immune system with, you know, different lifestyle changes? Not specifically supplements necessarily, mm. but just lifestyle changes. Yeah,
1: and that's probably a very good thing to bring up. Is that like, if somebody does your blood work, then yes, they can do supplementation um, if that's their qualification. However food will always be medicine first because you can't really get a toxicity from it. Yeah. So immunity-wise, you'd be looking at things like vitamin C. So this could be like capsicum, kiwi, tomato, white potato, raspberries, grapefruit, orange, pineapple, coriander. Um, but it could also be things like echinacea. That's probably more a supplement-wise. You can't really get it in food form. Um And then, obviously, getting enough sun. So, depending on your skin type, you might be like five to ten minutes or so out in the sun without sunscreen to get enough vitamin D. Um, Obviously, it's in egg yolks and fatty fish as well, but like a different type of vitamin D. Um, Zinc-wise, as we spoke about before, which you love, oysters, (laughs) lamb, Brazil nuts, egg yolks, sardines... um, and one other thing I guess to keep in mind with that is you always need extra zinc, especially if you are somebody who's been on the contraceptive pill because it does actually jack up your copper. Now, copper and zinc have a relationship where when one is high, the other one is low. So it's, you will get copper toxicity in some form from contraceptive forms, but it can also be transferred from your mum. Like if she had high copper when she was pregnant with you, you're going to have high copper. Um, but until you raise your zinc levels, you won't ever bring down the copper levels. So um, zinc-rich foods are always going to be the things you want to be drawn more towards, knowing that most people are going to have a higher amount of copper than they are zinc. Um, and what are some of the symptoms of
0: having high levels of copper?
1: It actually makes people really hard to lose body fat. Um, so. Copper acts in the body like a heavy metal and it kind of hangs around the liver. Now Mm -hmm. our liver is our most important organ when it comes to fat loss because that's kind of our detoxification pathway, right? So the symptoms are normally, like from an emotional state, I would normally see somebody a little bit more moody. Um, They might be more emotional. um, And like like I said, like it's harder for them to drop weight and it's harder for them to get stronger. And the pain sensation is actually higher, so they have more of a sensitivity to pain or their perceived pain is more sensitive. So you can actually do a, you don't have to, but there is a test for like zinc, uh, plasma zinc, serum copper, uh, plasma, which is a carrier, Um, but it basically tells you what free copper amount you are because it's not how much copper you have, it's how much is free and able to be somewhat toxic in the body. Right. Um, but normally I, like they have actually done studies in prisons that somebody who has super high copper is very empathetic, but they're very like, self-depreciating at the same time like everything is like emotional everything is sad everything is like so much causing so much pain you have the opposite spectrum when they have um criminals who've like murdered people and all that kind of stuff they have extremely high zinc which is very rare um and no copper so they have no empathy um so i normally see it more in a um like from the copper standpoint i don't really ever see someone with high zinc but normally the first protocol, if somebody was coming off contraception or even if they're on it and they're considering coming off it for like uh procreation or fertility, yep. zinc is definitely the thing I want to jack up because I know yep. that even those synthetic hormones and a lot of the micronutrient losses, especially zinc, which happen when somebody is on the contraceptive pill, will mean that they are going to be higher in copper and super low in zinc.
0: Yeah. And so that's, that was going to be my next question was um, with the like the contraceptive that you're talking about, you're talking about um, hormonal contraception.
1: Hormonal contraception, yeah. And saying that though, um, yes and no, because there's also copper IUD, right? Yeah. And that is copper. Yeah. Um, So that's putting straight copper in you. Like it doesn't have, it's not as harming from the sense that it doesn't have um, like synthetic hormones to disrupt your own reproductive health. However... Also, somebody who is high in copper, you will have extremely heavy menstrual bleeds, which is why Mm. one of the symptoms from copper IED
0: is heavier bleeds,
1: right? Um, So it's changing that kind of um, zinc is like your immune health as well. And then you're adding in copper and you're kind of disrupting that. So you can actually see high copper in things like endometriosis as well. Um, But it's all kind of interrelated if you take anything away is yeah. a lot of like zinc rich foods you can get further testing but just know that yeah most likely it's really easy to get copper in really hard to get zinc in so focusing on like your oysters lamb brazil nuts oysters i said that twice that's <laughs> um and even taking like a zinc picolinate supplement yeah you're always going to be better off in that way and you that's like a small effort yep. um considering most of the time we're
0: polydeficient. deficient yeah and would you say that yeah as you said like With something like zinc, a lot of people are somewhat deficient so mm-hmm. it's one of those supplements that is a bit safer to just sort yep. of add in than just being like oh I feel like I'm deficient in this so I'm just going to randomly put that into yeah. my diet and it's over it's
1: involved in over 300 enzymatic reactions like it's always going to be important yeah um, for some people they can get white marks on their nails like but you know most people well some females wear like nail polish you don't yes, always you see, see it, it. <laughs> yeah um, but like it's only one symptom it might also be you're getting sick all the time yeah like, um, it might also be that you have a low libido because zinc is also needed at reproductive health as well. So, um, it might be that you have cracked lips. It might be that, you know, yeah, you are just unwell looking mm-hmm. and your eyes aren't as clear and things like that too. So, um, yeah, it's always going to be my, my top supplement out of everything.
0: Yeah. I love that. Me driving home after this. <laughs> Stalking <Stuck it laughs> up. Yeah. Pulling <laughs> into chemist warehouse. Can I have all the zinc, please? <laughs> yeah. And I guess
1: the other ones like immune system wise, we were just speaking about reproductive health, but, yeah. um, amino acids as well so people who are sick all the time often don't have enough amino acids which actually make up those amino acids make up our um, immune system and like a lot of the antibodies and everything else that we need so I guess making sure you get in your protein as well Mm -hmm. would also be um, the other one and then I guess you can if you are vegan you could have the fermented EAA which does have like some amino acids in it um but sex as well is probably my other one so it does help to increase like our antibody production and um like our white blood cells so this can create more of a healing function so i'm not saying get the person you're sleeping with as well um (laughs) but you know that even immune health comes from like very very like natural source as well
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um and also sleep so when we do have sleep deprivation we decrease our cytokines so they're the ones that target inflammation and infection um but we also need sleep to calibrate our emotions and restock our immune system um, and like fire up our metabolism regulate our appetite and everything else as well so people who have even more sleep deprivation they actually have less of a response in a negative way um to vaccines so that immune function that should come from there doesn't happen. So, I guess the I would say your top ones would be vitamin D, getting out in the sun without yep. sunscreen, zinc, um, and sleep. Like, they would be definitely if you had to pick top three, they would be your yep. top three. Next one would be stress management and then vitamin C. Yep.
0: Yeah, me just trying to like compute <laughs> all of that. No, that's so, so good because I think um, automatically I, when we. Uh, talking about immunity, I think our mind immediately goes to vitamin C Mm -hmm. um, and or just sort of having more colour in the food, which again I think is linked to this idea of vitamin C equals immunity. Um, And often we don't come back to just the foundations of how can I make my lifestyle more conducive to Mm -hmm. supporting me my immunity my health my vitality all of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um because yeah i think more often than not it's the combination of uh sleep deprivation as Mm. you said the you know the lack of micronutrients and whatnot but also yeah like not getting outside and not getting the fresh air or stress management as you said i think and drinking massive coffee, coffee
1: and tea yeah. and just yeah you know, alcohol, alcohol. And you're like, wait where are my micros yeah um, but i think this another thing you notice know, through a lot of that i didn't really speak a lot about vegetables like i yeah. talked about your micronutrient dense sources like yes in vitamin c there is a lot more like veggie kind of fruit based but you know in your zinc in your amino acids um and even some of your vitamin d sources it's meat yeah like, animal products and it's like you could have liver and sardines and yeah. like oysters and um, meat, more meat. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like I think that's sometimes a misconception that we have health, we think health, we think a plate full of veggies and fruit, which is yeah. not always the case when we're looking at, you know, our spraying of our crops is going to decrease the micronutrient density of even the fruit and vegetables that we have. So when mm-hmm. you can use like the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15, you'll find it on Environmental Working Group's website. Yeah. Um, and that'll tell you which vegetables and fruit to buy organic and which ones to yeah. not worry about. So, even looking at something like that, being like, okay, well, I will save money by not buying organic on these ones, but I will, you know, pay the extra here because I want the micronutrient density and I want the quality. Um, and even when you're looking at, I guess, meat, like getting your grass fed meat, um, it, you're kind of looking at, like, where's my most amount of micronutrients coming from? Yeah. And what's going to prevent, like, the. Uh, things that will actually deplete it, like deplete, uh, come I guess, more stress management, not relying too much on caffeine um, and getting enough sleep. Like you want to look at both sides, what's going to bring up the micronutrient but also avoiding things that are going to deplete it.
0: Yeah. And when we talk about, yeah, the dirty dozen and the, is it the clean 15? Mm -hmm. The general rule of that is usually if it's got like an, Outside kind of shell almost, then you don't have to worry about it as much. So like bananas, avocados, avocados is a big one because you know
1: you're like shit. Yes, like I don't have to. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to pay ten dollars for
0: an avocado.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. The harder the vegetable, the harder the fruit, or the casing that it's on it. Then typically it's a it's a clean fifteen.
0: Right. And the clean is the the, ones you
1: can buy non
0: organic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Um,
1: But even from like a if you are somebody who is stressed and you're like. What do you mean, Amy? Like, my whole thing was, like, I have to stay up and not get enough sleep so that I can actually, like, work and get this stuff done. Yeah. Just know that if you're having less than, you know, six hours sleep per night on average, you're actually functioning the same as somebody drunk. So...
0: Really? Yeah, you're cognitively
1: That's impaired you legally drunk, right? So if you're like, okay, well, if I have to think quality like you might be able to stay up extra hours and get some work done, but the, the quality of what you're producing <laughs> yeah. is going to be the same as if you're on a nine out. So wow. um, I think even that stuff of looking at quality over quantity, even in like lifestyle management, is going to be important. Um, and uh, I guess that being said is that you wouldn't ever hire somebody who's drunk either
0: yeah so
1: like you, you got to call yourself out on your own things as well and I know that sometimes it's hard for people to go to bed when they're stressed yeah so for me I have clients like brain jump or journal or like yep. write out their to-do list take it off their brain before they go to bed and obviously have like a nighttime routine which I don't think many people do and it's also avoiding like blue and white light before bed and All
0: phones and- exactly
1: yeah like read before bed or listen to a podcast but we'd like Light off, yeah, um, and that kind of stuff will help you have a better quality of sleep because it's not how many hours I want you to sleep, it's is that sleep quality and do you feel well rested after too?
0: Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong too, but there are different again, if we take it back to nutrition, there are certain foods that can also help increase your sleep quality and willingness to go to sleep, isn't yeah. it? Like if carbs. I... Later at night, or magnesium-rich foods and stuff yeah, like
1: magnesium-rich foods are good. Um, Tyrosine-rich foods, uh, sorry, tryptophan-rich foods, which so tryptophan converts to serotonin to melatonin, right, which is what mm-hmm. induces sleep. So this is things like turkey breast. You can also have things like uh, brown rice, which is also a carb source to induce sleep for allow um, the melatonin to cross the blood brain barrier. So it might be that you're having like almond butter, like turkey mince, and like brown rice and a little bit of veggies before bed. But also the other thing to keep in mind is you want to have at least a three-hour gap between when you're eating dinner to when you go to sleep because you don't want to be digesting food while you're trying to sleep. Right, and why is that? Because it's a restorative process. If you're trying to digest, your body's not detoxifying. So the work of the liver happens predominantly while we're sleeping, and that's Mm -hmm. the metabolic process of that. If you're still trying to, say it takes anywhere from two hours to five hours to digest a meal, Mm up to six hours or so, while that's happening, you can't actually do the process of like, you know, clearing um, a lot of the memories in your brain, your emotional regulation, and you can't help with body detoxification. And not only that, for some people, it's actually uncomfortable to fall asleep with a full belly. Full belly, yeah. Right? So I always prefer, I'm like, okay, I want you to, because you want to wake up in the morning hungry. Like, you've just fasted all night. long. Yeah. Um, but that is your natural fasting. Like, you yeah. are doing that at that time. But that process is when, you know, you're, I guess, collecting and um, sorting and filtering through your memories from that day, like where mm-hmm. you're learning happening And also it's where you build muscle, like yep. when we're sleeping, right? So or when we're resting. So if those processes aren't coming, of course you're going to wake up tired and lethargic and like, yep. not pushing as hard in your training and not functioning as well at work or in your studies or um, anything else as well. So from a gut cleaning perspective, you also want to go to bed to at least allow like that one and a half, two hours to, you know, do a gut clean before you yeah. go to sleep as well.
0: Do you think that is where the, I guess, the myth from like the 2000s, 90s or whatever, of like no carb no, just like oh. no carbs after a certain time. Do you think that might be where that, Came from. I honestly think like I
1: think that one was more to do with you know we thought we realized that insulin was like a storage hormone right so we're like oh my god insulin must be bad and what stimulates insulin it must be carbs like yeah I think that's kind of where that came from of like well if I just avoid the storage hormone then I won't get fat like right um I think it was more in that sense and also because you know we know that training and resistance training helps um non-insulin dependent glucose transfer into our cells right so if you resistance train especially someone who has insulin resistance um, or some kind of issue with glucose management or you go for a walk after a meal you're actually helping that sensitivity and helping glucose transfer into the cell without necessarily relying on um, insulin so whether it would be that we're like oh my gosh sugar is bad diabetes is bad like um let's avoid that and train but i haven't trained so i haven't earned my carbs kind of thing mm-hmm. I may be from there like bodybuilding probably has a lot to say for that too Of being been like well did you earn your carbs today like right. you know have you trained yeah um I remember specifically at one event and I was very very lean um <laughs> like too lean too lean the fact that I didn't have a cycle for like six years yeah had like veins out in my stomach and everything and I was a sponsored athlete and I went out after a competition one night and I ate a lot of food and then the next days uh, I met with the other sponsored athletes and they're like did you train after your meal? I was like, no, like I just <laughs> celebrated I like, <laughs> and you've got to remember by this stage, I had veins out of my abs. Like yeah. I was like, no, no. I, like I felt so bad and I was young and I was like, I, I just, I just ate my meal and then I yeah. felt it bad and I felt like so much remorse for eating because I was so lean. And then I went to bed and they're like, Oh, like you should have just, you could have gone to your games, like blah, blah, blah. And I think it was like very much in the fitness industry at that time. Is that like, you have to earn your carbs or your food or all that yeah. kind of stuff too. Um, but you know, I feel like I have no idea where the, like, I think at first we thought it was fats, like fat was yep. fat and then they're like, well, let's just take out all the fat and make it sugar. But then, you know, people getting like overeating and more like, uh, diabetes and stuff like that too. And they're like, well, it must be the sugar. Yeah. Um, so I have no idea where that one actually came from, but, um, carbs at night are great yeah. to help induce sleep. And obviously you've used a lot of your glycogen throughout the day, right? Yeah. So store glucose, mold, molecules are kind of gone, so you do want to restore and you do want to replenish yeah, um, and that will help induce sleep as well
0: yeah, because I think it's so interesting talking to clients even of different ages, and you can definitely see the the changes in not necessarily the fitness industry but just like fitness advertising and health advertising and how that's impacted the way that gen pop clients think about food and think about Mm -hmm. nutrition Um, because yeah there's definitely a certain demographic of people in and around sort of middle age sort of like I guess the more boomer generation that are or have obviously grown up with this idea of like carbs are bad Fats are bad and like, oh, I, I can't have carbs after lunchtime because I won't be able to digest them, or oh I hate having heavy carbs mm. for dinner. Um and yeah, it's really interesting trying to like re-educate them that it's actually fine. But obviously then at the same time, each client is so individual mm-hmm. that um maybe it's not necessarily not necessarily that carbs are bad at night, but maybe it's just like having dinner a little bit earlier so that you've got a bit more time to digest Mm -hmm. it before you go to sleep with a really full belly. Mm -hmm. Whereas then other clients, like I know for myself, I love having heavy carbs in the evening, because one, yes, I sleep well, but also it just feels like really satiating. Yeah, off. you're like, at I the get end, to like, this by myself. Exactly, like the last thing I feel like at the end of a long day is a salad for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> like, no thank you, give me pasta, <laughs> Although, give yeah, me potatoes.
1: No, in saying that, I've got to say sometimes, the best thing about like being single as well is you're like, I'm going to have breakfast for dinner.
0: Like, yeah, it will, exactly. But... I get
1: to choose. Um, but in saying that too, one population though, specifically that would be... Carbs are still fine. Don't freak out, guys. But mm-hmm. as far as like the type of carbohydrate coming, maybe from like vegetables and root vegetables, would probably be people whose estrogen has lowered, so say postmenopausal. Yeah, because estrogen does help with insulin sensitivity. So especially for women up until postmenopause, like you do well with carbs. That's great. And obviously, resistance training helps. Mm-hmm. Doing steps, neat, all that kind of stuff helps. Um, but it just is a little bit more uh, timing based and food type based for mm-hmm. those who have um, negligible estrogen levels.
0: Yeah yeah which is again very interesting because the women that I talk to that are the most fearful of you know those heavier carbs are typically those postmenopausal or like premenopausal women, so I think it's I don't know whether it's just their lived experience of they do find it harder to process those carbs um or if it's you know because of that advertising and because of that sort of fear mongering around carbs as they were growing up Mm. or maybe it's a it's probably a combination of of the two um but yeah i think these kind of conversations are really helpful because it allows us as trainers to understand how that all works so that we can then educate our clients so that they're not as fearful and they also know how to you know pick and choose foods and lifestyles that are going to be the most conducive with their goals but also that are going to support them in Mm -hmm. the in the best way
1: yeah yeah Um, there is a little bit more of like an abdominal body fat distribution in menopausal women as well. So they're Mm -hmm. the ones that I'm a little bit more structured with of like how they have their meals and stuff like that too. Um, But I guess that's, you know, your blood like pathology is completely different to someone who is still cycling, still has a menstrual cycle as well. So they're the ones that need a little bit more detail. When we are coming to someone who, say, is the stress client, we've done like yep. the lifestyle management, we've done journaling, we've done like food and stuff like that too. I guess micronutrient-wise, I'm looking at like, especially if somebody has gut issues as well, which comes from having a high-stress lifestyle yep. as well, right? Yeah. chicken yep. and egg. I'm also looking at things like vitamin A, which does help to rebuild the gut line. So this is things like cooked spinach, kale, parsley, thyme, basil, sweet potato, liver organ meat um and like carrot and stuff like that too um then you can also look at like magnesium which we i know most people a decent amount we're like oh yeah muscle It's also nervous system relaxant especially for sleep yeah um and so you're looking at like pumpkin sunflower sesame seeds cashews brazil nuts buckwheat flour almonds and then from an immune perspective, but also um, to keep you well so you can fall asleep, not with a snutty nose, um, <laughs> it will help, vitamin C-wise will help before you get sick. Um, that's things like raspberries, grapefruit, kiwi, capskin, pineapple, coriander, parsley, cruciferous veg, potato, tomato, and also um, if you can get it, there's a powder, which is kakadu plum. Mm -hmm. um when we're looking at nervous system function or like to modulate the stress response i look more towards like b vitamins um so like dairy eggs meat fermented foods sardines um (laughs) mussels mackerel oysters liver um leafy greens asparagus mangoes rosemary parsley fermented foods bananas walnuts cashews garlic turmeric pistachios, uh, any kind of poultry, mushrooms, flax seeds. When I'm talking about seeds and also herbs, they're the ones you want organic just because they can be easily damaged. So things like fresh rosemary, fresh parsley should be organic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, as I said, vitamin D, you're also looking at the sun, but you can also look at like other sources of vitamin D, which are not, calcif- not calciferol. Um, so this is like egg yolks, cottage cheese, herring, salmon, sardines.
0: I heard some ran. I don't know if this is true like you know one of those things that you like quote to other people and Mm -hmm. tell people as fact and then you actually google it and it's just a lie that you've made up and gaslit people for years um (laughs) this could be one of those um but i remember hearing years ago that mushrooms can like absorb vitamin d from the sun so if you like put certain types of mushrooms out in the sun obviously not for too long that they like go off
1: i'm sure they're They would have some form of mushroom. I don't know what type. It's definitely not one of my top ones. Like, I'd have to have a look into it because there's obviously different strains of vitamin D. Calciferol is one we get from the sun, which is what we want on our skin. Mm -hmm. One thing with that, though, is you definitely don't want to wash your skin before or after sun exposure and you don't want sunscreen on your skin for optimal absorption. Whereas most of the time, Australians go, I'm going to go to the beach and get sun or then I'm going to shower after or I'm going to put sunscreen on because I'm going out in the sun. Like, we don't really get that kind of absorption. I'll have to look in the mushrooms for you. Um, look, it wouldn't surprise me if it gets something from there whether the dose is high enough to warrant being like a nutrient-dense source, I don't know, but leave mm-hmm. that with me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you're also looking at, as I said, like the zinc-rich food stuff, calcium. Calcium also isn't just milk. And yeah. dairy because i think people kind of get that confused um and for some people a2 protein can actually be quite inflammatory and can make them like more bloated and yeah. like, have digestive issues or uh, gut cramping and gas and stuff like that too but it's also in things like <laughs> sardines oh um gosh. salmon <laughs> mackerel and these are with bones ideally like the bones are where the calcium mainly is um thyme rosemary cumin celery seeds herring um and like that is going to help with like your training like your nerve conduction but mentally as well as physically um and as i said like iron like if there is fatigue but you're eating enough iron you might look into hemochromatosis otherwise iron wise would be like pumpkin seeds parsley almonds cashews brazil nuts walnuts dates spirulina um organ sardines <laughs> sardines um, and dried fruit so if you are someone with iron overload they're the ones you want to avoid yeah um and as far as like our people's kind of like relaxing or a nervous system relaxant would be like potassium along with magnesium. But potassium is like spinach, potatoes, coconut water, sardines, <laughs> parsley. And I've, I swear we should play a game when people drink every time. Yeah. Water guys. Water. Sardine. a sardine. I'm starting to get everybody. No. Yeah. Um, uh, celery, molasses, mushrooms. There you go. Mushroom, potassium, um, pumpkin seeds, banana, bok choy, beetroot, cauliflower. Um, Choline, as far as like people like you want to function well, right? You're like, okay, cool. Like, need my brain working. Choline-rich foods help to support acetylcholine, which is one of our neurotransmitters, and that's responsible for like our thinking and our memory and everything else as well. So you can get that from like egg yolks, um, liver, or organ meats, um, pistachios, any kind of seafood, uh, pickled foods as well, um, prawns, and like uh, almonds. And then um, I guess the only other one that I would think, actually, two more. Um, Nervous system support wise would probably be like biotin, which is like organ meats, egg yolks, um, and importantly, the egg white actually decreases the absorption of biotin from the egg yolk. Um, So this is why you want diversity in food sources as well, because Mm -hmm. it's actually the thing. If someone was just eating egg whites, like you know, like egg white omelet every day, yeah, um, they're actually depleting their biotin as well. They're not getting their biotin in. Um, But you can also get it from like fish, seeds, nuts, bananas, sweet potato, avocado, almonds, peanuts. Uh, pecans and walnuts and avocado. I think I said that, um, but yeah, they're kind of like if my top for like a CEO. One other thing I would say is that because I know people are gonna think this, so CEOs, business people, like I think drinking alcohol is also socially accepted. We're also in the fitness industry where there is balance. Like yeah. it's no longer just like abstinence because it's not good yeah. for you and toxicity. Yeah. If you are, if you have been on a really big night out or something has happened, one of the best micronutrients, and it's not pear juice, even though someone <laughs> tried to tell me that, um, it's actually molybdenum, which is, um, so like we, we want to have like after as well as like a mineral. So this is like beef, chicken, eggs, cheese, nuts, potato, organ meats, milk, yogurt, whole grains, leafy green veg, black eyed or lima beans. So anything molybdenum rich is also going to help detoxification. So like detoxification with your liver. So which is um, where alcohol happens and where yeah. like drug use and everything else is like we, our detoxification is in our liver. Um, so even just having like, I remember one night I went out and I drank way too much wine and threw up in a bathroom. I was very young guys, <laughs> <laughs> I was very young. I didn't realise how quickly I could drink a bottle of wine. But, um, it just tasted good. But then um, they took me home because obviously <laughs> clearly yeah. can't stay, um, couldn't stand, um, went home, had a nap and my friend made me a steak. <laughs> literally a steak like <laughs> she was italian but i was like i don't know what i want she's like i'm making a steak do you want one i was like sure literally i woke up from a nap had a steak all of a sudden i felt on on point i can also to have dinner but i was like i'm ready to go out like that's why i'm wild. so good to go but you know amino acids and stuff like that in there too but um <laughs> And, and also the will of a
0: 20-year-old. Yeah. Oh. That <laughs> helps. <the> party. Oh.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I would, if I'm, I'm just saying have a steak after a night out, guys. Yeah, that's
0: the, that's the trick, the hangover <laughs> cure, is go home. It's 1am, you're like, can barely stand, get over a, an open flame, and, st- and, and start cooking your meat. <laughs> (laughs) I
1: was so impressed by how perfect the steak was. Like, she let it sit, I swear. Like, it tasted delicious. Well, to drunk Amy, it actually tasted very good.
0: Well, I mean, after six hours of sleep, if you can cook (laughs) a steak, then you can do it drunk (laughs) because it's the same thing. (laughs) I've just got people at home ready, like, I'm just preparing my steak for tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Meal prep before you go out because then you don't have to do it while
1: you're drunk. That's that's true. It's not as nice as hot and sizzling off the pan, but that's fine. (laughs) I mean, you can do eggs. I'll let you guys do others. I wouldn't say there'll be definitely anything which is animal based is always going to be higher micronutrient than the um fruit and veggie kind of like plant yeah. realm yeah um which brings me to another point uh vegan or vegetarian diets so definitely need to be a little bit more careful because you're not getting your amino acids as well and you're also not getting a lot of like um your omega-3s
0: and you're also i guess having a lot more copper so you're depleting mm. a lot more zinc so and when you say that you're consuming a lot more copper is that because a lot of the plant-based foods are yeah, higher so like in copper. Yeah,
1: chocolate, nut seeds, like dried fruit, um, mm. all that kind of stuff. And also, not that many people should, but if there's like copper in your pans and stuff you're using, um, that's also copper transfer. Um, or kettles and stuff like that have copper in it sometimes. So I don't think they're <laughs> that outdated that they should yeah. still have it in there, but it was one of the original like mm. materials that was used for it. Um, so, yeah, because there's so much more um, legumes and uh, dried fruits and chocolate and stuff like that in a vegan diet there's minimal opportunity for animal sources like uh oysters and sardines and like um stuff that would be higher in zinc
0: yeah interesting and with um, cuz a lot of these foods like the organ meats and the sardines <laughs> and stuff are foul <laughs> like well, okay, not I won't I have, a t- t- I have a t- not been consuming <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there is a supplement of it, guys you can find it but um
1: if If you, I know, (laughs) bear with me. If you take eggs, right, and you have a blender or a food processor and you put in sardines with bones, ideally, (laughs) people will be like, Can you make me a recipe? I'm like, Sure. Yeah. Um, But like, blend it up, right? Like, hard. Like, you can add as many herbs and spices and stuff like that as you want to make it like an omelette. I guarantee you, if you blend it up so that you literally, like, it's liquid, like, there's nothing left. That's gross. And then say you've like grated zucchini, carrot, um, and you chopped up a little bit of bacon, right? I'm just I'm throwing in you some bacon, to <laughs> process me, uh, just to really win you over. <laughs> Perfect. Now I'm sold. Then like you put it in a tray, right? And you bake it like a frittata. I guarantee you, you will not taste anyings. Take my challenge. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: guys can take the challenge first and tell us what you think.
1: <laughs> I swear. Except for someone. Tagged me in a photo the other day and they literally just put the sardine, like very great effort to him, literally just put the sardine on top of the toast. And I was like, you've made it look disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) No one's going to want to bleed to have a sardine now.
0: Oh, I love that. But there are obviously, and we've listed so many of them as well. Like there are other options as well, but these are going to be the most sort of like nutrient dense. But I think if there's one thing that I've taken away and if there's one thing that you guys could take away as well is that a balanced diet and a diet full of variety mm-hmm. is going to be your best bet because it's going to make sure that you're including all of these different micronutrients and vitamins um and you know proteins and amino acids into your diet so obviously i think in this day and age people are so quick to eliminate things from their diet like all together mm-hmm. um whether that's meats whether that's dairy sources whether that's eggs seafood like whole sort of food groups out of their diet. I think this is such a good reminder that variety and moderation and all that kind of stuff is just the key at the end Mm -hmm. of the day to, you know, supporting your body, supporting your immunity, supporting your lifestyle Mm -hmm. Um, and then pairing that with these lifestyle changes that at the end of the day, just promote balance on all you know, ends of the health spectrum.
1: Mm. And you'll notice it's all, like, whole foods, right? Like, at no point did I say, have jelly light
0: and put it on a (laughs) cracker. Like, like,
1: I think you have to address what you're crowding out by having more, I guess, packaged Mm -hmm. or processed foods, what you're not getting. And it might even be the cephalic uh, phase response, like the initial phase of digestion where you create digestive juices. If you're not cutting up food, you're also not having the or as optimal digestion as you can as optimal metabolism absorption of that food because you're not actually handling the food right interesting
0: so like a smoothie well with...
1: if you touch the smoothie ingredients sure but like obviously that reduces no effect of feeding if you are having like drinking if a smoothie cold, right yeah. but if i'm say i'm going to buy a salad yeah um versus cutting up a salad myself the cephalic phase response is what happens when we smell we touch we see a food Mm-hmm. So the more you can handle your food, which is why you, a lot of like even nationalities, they do like a lot of eating with it, with yeah. hands. Um, it actually helps more like digestive enzyme and gastric acid kind of, or gastric juice secretion. So if you really want to enhance your digestion, even from a one like lifestyle tip, it would be to cut your food first or touch it or feel it or smell mm. it um, before you eat it. And that's also a benefit. One, less packaged food costs less, Yeah, um, but also like your... Effective effect of feeding because it's food that you have to chew more if it's whole food. Yep. But then again, it helps with
0: digestion from like a cephalic phase response as well. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I suppose my mind immediately with that example also goes to things like protein powders mm-hmm. and stuff. When we're so focused on like hitting macros. certain macros yeah. that we then boycott the whole food option which have all of these different micronutrients and stuff that you don't get when it's just purely – in supplement form or in a powder
1: and you don't get the satiety right like say you had to eat 125 grams of chicken that's been poached with like salt on it or something like that yeah, yeah yum. Mm. <laughs> but you know versus you had to drink a liquid like you're not going to get as full yeah um and especially especially as calories goes down the more whole food based you want to become for that satiety reason as yeah
0: well. yeah Unless you just get bloated from, <laughs> from the protein powder. Which is probably another point. Like
1: when we talk about calcium and dairy and stuff like that, not absorbed and obviously there's other micronutrients in dairy as well. Like we're not too scared of dairy. But some people do have that A2 uh, or like a inflammatory muscle kind of response from it. Um, but goats and uh, Jersey milk or goats cheese and stuff like that is also going to be easier to digest because it's closer to breast milk in protein makeup than cows. Really? Um, so you can try goats. Like... Goat's milk is a bit gross, but goat's cheese is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it's a open to interpretation for everyone to try, but um, yeah, you might find you actually digest goats a little bit easier.
0: Yeah, but I think that is a really great place for us to wrap things up. Is there anything else on the topic of um, supporting your immune system, supporting your health, CEO? diet, lifestyle changes um, that we have missed? Because I feel like we've covered a lot. No, I think we've pretty much covered it. I think the only other
1: one that I'm like – like we've talked about nighttime routine but morning routine-wise, don't have your coffee first when you wake up. Like you already have cortisol starting to peak and like the one thing, like I said, you've just fasted for hopefully eight hours of sleeping. The one thing your body wants is nutrients. So like give it some water, like have a liter of water. You can be dehydrated by up to a liter or so in the morning um, but then also – go for a little walk and have food, ideally amino acids, um, and you know, some kind of carbohydrate source. Like I would say have a starch or root vegetable with every meal. Because our nervous system and also our brain rely on glucose, right? And so do our red blood cells. So um every single meal should either have a starchy vegetable or a grain or some kind of like glucose dependent kind of source. Um and yeah, like try to push your coffee back in the morning or your caffeine back in the morning to like two or three hours after waking. Ideally. (laughs) no shade to anyone having it but you know work on an hour and then work on an hour and a half and then two hours and you'll probably find your cognition because it actually actually benefits you not from a deprivation standpoint but you're catching later than the peak of cortisol so it's going to extend that half-life as well so it's kind of more optimizing as opposed to like restricting you from something
0: yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking about like my, my rolling out perfect. of bed. Yeah, my life, my purpose, my, my diet, my – cool. This has given me a lot to think about um, but I think, yeah, that's the perfect place to wrap things up. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We've definitely covered a lot and I think – I know I have so I'm sure our audience as well um, – going to be able to take so much from today's episode
1: yeah definitely and of course if this sparked your interest wait or tune into when we release I guess semester three or female specific nutrition Um, and that might be a course you want to jump into not only from a health perspective and also from a vitality perspective
0: but also understanding women on a deeper level as well perfect thank you so much for coming on team I will chat to you all next week thank you so much for listening listening to the AWPT podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and fellow coaches and subscribe for weekly episodes and content.